honest with you, uh, I hate grade cricket. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Grade Cricketer Podcast. On today's show, we're talking the West Indies winning in Southampton over an England side that didn't pick Stuart Broad because they wanted to win at the Gabba in 2021. Jason Holder's Sixford, Jermaine Blackwood's 95, England's batting woes, and Shannon Gabriel hitting the stumps endlessly. Jason Gillespie is on the show to talk coronavirus, Jofra and Rodney Hogg saying all lives matter. Monty Panesar makes his debut on the podcast to talk about rare units, nightclubs, circuits, and massive hands. Hashtag Ice TDC gets into how to deal with sad news, the triple C, mythical realms, and how to get a girl to like you. This is all thanks to Budgie Smuggler, budgiesmuggleruk.com. My name is Ian Higgins, and I'm right here with Sam Perry. Peza. Hello. Don't know why I said it like that. How are you, mate? Very well, thanks. How are you? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're getting there. Getting yep. there. I'm going to go right into the first question. Got a little first question for you. It comes from James Cosham or Cosham, depending how you want to say it. Let us know. Uh, CJC, g'day lads. A tweet about Stuart Broad being dropped because his dad was watching reminded me of a harrowing tale from a little while ago. A workman of mine found himself selected in the Navy squad in the 2020 tournament against the Air Force and Army that was being played at Lord's where he expected he would open the batting. Being a bit of a slow period at work, our boss put on a bus to go support our brother-in-arms. A few days later, I found myself being collected from my house and handed a lukewarm tinny at 8am on a Thursday for the three-hour drive to Lords, with a dozen or so others who were keen to chin off an actual day's work. Wondering, well, wandering into the ground just in time for the first ball, we saw the Army team at the crease with the Navy team taking the field, albeit without our mate who was sat with the drinks on the boundary. After a flurry of bemused texts, we were told that he would play the next fixture against the Air Force. He, of course, didn't. The Navy got spanked in both games and we were parked in the Lord's Head Tavern watching the FIFA World Cup by mid-afternoon. My question is this. On a scale of disappointing your dad, your long-suffering girlfriend, or a new love interest, where does not even being selected in front of a minibus full of your workmates place? Cheers, James. There's the reason I put this first because obviously you've experienced this exact scenario. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was playing for the Navy. Yeah, that's right. I guess first things first, Stuart Broad should have been selected, and we're (laughs) going to cover that a little bit later. Uh, I got two things to say about this, and obviously yep. it's going to be a you know wide ranging conversation. But in terms of the scales of disappointment, like I know I kind of can wander off with some of these questions into irrelevant tangents, mm-hmm. but um, it's almost like none of this matters. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but look, like you're you're on a everybody knows who's listening to this podcast, you're on a hiding to nothing, ever trying to support a friend who's playing cricket like on the day, mm. especially if they're a batter. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, like I genuinely can't recall the number of times I have like had mates say, oh, I'll come watch you play. And you sort of go, oh, you know, you're just thinking I'm going to be out when you come. Yeah. I'm going to be out or I'm going to disappoint you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, then you're at a low mental and emotional ebb and then yeah. they're trying to be nice to you and they're sure. like, oh, oh, you're out. It's not like going to watch someone play footy or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all action. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't you get, like, to interject there, like when s- someone says, I can't watch you play cricket, I want them to know how grim most of cricket is. Yes. Heaps of it's nothing, nothing's happening. That, that's right. Most of it is nothing happening. Uh, and like, so, so, and then in terms of the scales of disappointment with the dad stuff, it doesn't even come close. I mean, like, I'm, I'm listening to, is it James? James's story? Yeah, James, yeah. Uh, they start day drinking on a minibus with 11 colleagues at like, like 8am on a weekday. Mm. They keep drinking at Lords. Then they watch the FIFA World Cup, must state the organization's name. Yes. Not a bad day. 
Uh, and and also, like, if your mate had played, and this is the truth of going to watch your friends play cricket, mm-hmm. you would have probably concentrated for, like, two balls of his innings. 100%. Two balls, and then resume the exact same conversations mm-hmm. you would have had without him there. Mm-hmm. Um, so disappointing your dad is about, like, 13 standard deviations worse <laughs> than any other group he mentions there. Yeah. Um, there's just one other thing I want to say as, as a tangent, unless you've got something direct about that. No. Uh, like, I, I've noted this recent trends of iconic grounds opening its doors mm. to amateur cricket. Like you don't sound for it. The SCG does it all the time. Yeah. Um, and like when I was living in London for a brief period, it occurred to me like Lords and the Oval do it too. Like yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it in any way. Like it's bad enough enduring shit cricket, mm. like even if it's your own. But watching clubbies play on iconic grounds where absolute yeah. kings are meant to walk, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like think about Lords and the Oval, Viv, Richards, too. Warren, Gower, yeah. both of them. Mm-hmm. It's distressing. Like in 2018, I had a mate, an Aussie mate, mm-hmm. invite me to like to play as a ringer for a corporate game at the Oval. Yeah. Like, oh, that's not bad. But yeah. the, it's the fucking oval. This is where, like, you know, Trump is jumping out to drive yeah. shot was was uh, yeah. um, captured, you know, yeah. where Bradman was bowled for Norton his last game. Yeah. That's haunting number purists for life. You know, mm. where the Windies made England grovel in 76. Peterson hits 158 <laughs> in the 05 Ashes. Yeah. Now, come and play corporate six aside here, KPMG versus Bain and Co. <laughs> where there'll be two games going on at the same time, one on each half of the field. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's fucking distressing, yeah. it's wrong, it's a disgusting way yeah. to treat grounds and uh-huh. uphold the stiff brand of elitism <laughs> it's not right. that may well kill cricket in England but also helps distinguish it from other sports. It's just yuck. You don't hold any strong views, though. I it's not say. a strong view, yeah. Well, I would say about the Oval specifically because, like, famously, there's, like, the the um, the square goes from, like, from point to square leg, mm-hmm. the entire boundary. So I've seen games, like, those corporate games played at the Oval and, like, the wickets they use are, like, right on one side of the boundary. Yeah. And that doesn't fit into, like, in the same way that 99.94 just doesn't sit right for the convenience yeah. of 100. <laughs> Watching a fucking game of cricket where, like, the batsman could back away to leg side mm. and be over the boundary <laughs> just makes me cringe in all sorts of different ways. Just undignified, you it's know? It's undignified. Like, like, it's like, oh, here's the, hey, mum, I'm getting to play at the Oval. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Then mum comes along yeah. and it's literally Milo fucking cricket. Yeah. You know, like, there's two mm. games going on. You're probably, wearing, like, using yellow stumps. Yeah. You're actually, like, it's undignified for the ground and it's undignified for you as a human and everyone associated with cricket. The Oval and Lords needs to stop letting bad players play at the ground. So Stuart Broad wasn't picked. Broad wasn't picked. <laughs> it's an aggressive start to the show. <laughs> Why didn't they pick him? Uh, Tell me things you don't know. Why didn't they pick him? I don't know. I mean, you'd mentioned this off air. You, you're sort of combing around the zeitgeist of English cricket, and, you know, far be it from two Aussie guys to, but you know, be commenting. Let's on tell English them cricket what cricket's like. But like, yeah. uh, you've combed around the zeitgeist, and you've found that many people are saying, "Well, actually, this team was selected with the Gabba 2021 in mind." Yeah, or and, oh, and how could it not be? Exactly. Yeah, uh, we just want to see Wood and Archer together, a bit yeah. of fire and brimstone, or whatever. It's really difficult when you're from a country for whom the omitted player actually dominates your country. Mm. Stuart Broad he has dominated, has dominated Australia mm. in England, in England yeah. for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's really hard not to think that he's like uh, excruciatingly difficult to play mm. cutters. Last uh, year he looked hard to play. Really hard. Mm. And then, you know, Tino Best made a really good point on Twitter, uh, you know, admittedly in the first innings about Joffre. I was like, well, Joffre's bowling the same pace as Stuart Broad. Yeah. Why don't you just have Broad in his place? <laughs> Incredible It's essentially view. what Tino said. <laughs> Incredible view. Yeah. And Joffre replied, mid-test match, it should yeah. be said on Twitter. And that was good. I liked that he did that. And I liked the way Joffre did it because yeah. then he was nasty and scary in mm. the second innings, mm. uh, making the batsman flinch, anyway, yeah. even though West Indies won. But, yeah. I just I, – I, I will say, like, watching – because Wood by the ball was, like, 153 k's an hour. It was, like, just – it was, like, 91, 92, mm. 93 miles an hour, whatever yeah. that equates to. 
He's and so that it's yeah, it, like that's going to be exciting having Joffre and Wood play in Australia, definitely. Mm. But like, no one, they're not fucking picking a team. Like they've got a squad together which is going to try and compete in Australia in a year's time. Like that, that's fine. But they're not fucking picking a team to like. Oh, can the bowlers bowl together eighteen months away? Win the fucking game in Southampton, mm. like. This is like, and also, and also, speed doesn't win in England. Doesn't win exactly. Like, look at so like, like Sean Tate, like Hazel, yeah, Sean Tate, Brett, Brett Lee. Lee. <laughs> they were pretty. They quick. Just get pumped. Like, wasn't Hazelwood saying last year? Like, it took him a while to learn because everyone was thinking when he first went there that like he was just going to carve up. But then, if his first like two series in England, he like struggled a little bit. I don't know. And like, I, it's like seemed like we picked Siddle. Yeah, like, English cricket is Siddle. S- Speaking of skilled bowlers, Anderson, fuck Anderson's good. Yeah, it would have been pretty yeah. hard for us to retain Curl the Ashes, I reckon, if, if Anderson was playing, to be fair. What was more important for the Ashes, Smith or yeah. Anderson's Achilles? Yeah, you mentioned this last week. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to be fair, you <laughs> asked me that every time I turn up at the door before we start Morning, talking. Morning, Pezzat. Now, yeah. mate, you've got yeah. to let me know. you got to let me know. Um, this, this West Indies side, it's quite interesting because, like, they obviously won that series in the West Indies a year or a year ago, just before the Ashes last year. And like the West Indies, their batting is like Shea Hope bats three, four, mm. and he averages twenty seven or something. <laughs> like their batting isn't very strong. But like, is the sometimes like the the matchup works? Like you look on paper, mm. and England aren't like the number one team in the world that you know Australia are. But like, <laughs> but. But maybe the matchup of like maybe their bowlers just fancied a little bit. Maybe the maybe Shannon Gabriel was thinking like, oh, I'll just bowl the stumps here and just roll these guys. Yeah, you know, maybe it's like a matchup. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know, man. How's I, Jason like, Holder the best player in the world? I love Holder. He's good as Wendy's. He? I mean, there's a lot of people who know a lot about a lot more than us about the Heaps. state of West Indian cricket. Yeah, the last thing people need like is a is a like a verbal think piece like pontification from us who know nothing that's not about, our role here yeah uh, you know from uninformed white aussies yeah. but like fuck we need the windies to be good at test cricket. like think about yeah, it. Yeah, i know yeah. everybody agrees with this yeah like and here's a smug oversimplified great cricketing approach here to it go. like why don't india england and australia just pull all of their riches yeah and just give the west indians tens of millions of dollars yeah stimulate cricket Fear. there Stimulate it for everybody. It's like Freud, you know, with the Oedipus complex, you know, mm-hmm. the psychologic theory whereby, you know, the desire for sexual involvement with a parent of the opposite sex mm-hmm. is a match by a concomitant sense of rivalry with a parent of the same sex. I think somewhere deep within us, possibly a result of the vision of like holding Garner, Marshall, Richards uh, in the 70s and 80s, like we, we want the West Indies to be beating us. Yeah. It's best. It's good for the game. It yeah. grows the game. Like yeah. we're desperate for that type of cuckoldry. Yeah. <laughs> We're desperate for that type of cuckold. Just invest. Yeah. Just put the money together, invest, and you'll, get, and you'll get the return. F- like, it does look scary, like those, like the 70s, 80s Windies team. Because it was. Yeah. Even like early 90s team. Yeah. Like that looked, that didn't look fun. Man. No fun in that. But cricket generally just needs like. It's the quickest route to save test cricket. It's just like, just give up some of your money, like invest it, like, mm. you know, in equities mm. in West Indian cricket, mm-hmm. and then just. Everybody derives the, re- the return as the game grows. I like the idea of Simple, the game being right? more worldly by teams being, like, all teams being better. Like, because, like, 90s Pakistan, amazing as well. Yeah. Obviously, can't play there anymore. Now, like, that away series is mm. just, like, you know, UAE. It's like no one's there. It's all a bit grim. Been social distancing crowd for years, etc. But, like, w- Wendy's, everyone in the world wants the West Indies to win this series, don't they? Really, apart from England. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just fun. Hell yeah. Yeah. I don't, uh, look, I, I don't have much more to add other than, like, West Indies being amazing mm. is just great for cricket. And we've seen it through the 70s, 80s, early 90s as well. Everybody agrees. We don't know what – we, we 
cannot bring a lot of those complexities to this show. We can bring people on who might be able to describe it mm. one day. But mm. uh, it mm. was great to see the, the Windies beat England. Well, I was talking about um, like sort of England, uh, West Indies batting issues. England have a remarkable lack of depth. They've got they've got like eight amazing one player. They've got mm. like eight like Wokes, Stokes, like just just guys who can like do a bit. But like the, the bowling is very strong. The bowling group is very very strong. You would say mm. wonderful depth. But the batting is it ain't it ain't it. Yeah, it ain't. But it. you know, Ollie Pope looks good. He does look good. Failed in both innings. He looks good. He looks yeah. compact. Yeah, but a nice he little flourish. He's Ian Bell for me. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. I was telling you before. I I discovered that he went to Cranley, which is a very posh school oh. in Surrey. Nice. And I've played at that school ground. Oh, okay. Association. So, so now it's about me now. Yeah. And that that wicket is uh, it's one of the best places I've ever played cricket. Right. Incredible. Like real old money. So what I'm saying is Ollie Pope is old money. It's neat. <laughs> it's compressed. Don't you think you you're look objectifying at- him by referring to him as it now? <laughs> mm. It's mm. good, Ollie mm. Pope. It's good. Yeah, it looks good. It looks good to me. Like the elbow, it's a good elbow. Yeah. It's tight. Yeah. Neat. The, the, the bat and pad are tight together. The, um, mm. the, the shoulders in close to the chin. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a technically correct mm. uh, approach to mm. cricket. Mm. Uh, nice little. It looks good when he gets out as well. Yeah. Like when he good. nicks off, yeah. Like, oh, that's a good ball. Yeah. Oh, as opposed to. So he's, he's scored the least amount of runs of the top order. Yeah. He still looks most assured of his place 100%. when Joe Root comes back and in. Roughly so. And it looks as though Joe Denley will make way. Now, it, like to be fair, I think it's understood that Denley would have already made way had Joe Root been available. Like he was first, it was last cab, I suppose, off okay. the rank. He was the last cab. The last cab. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but he's kind of confirmed many people's suspicions in this game as well, which is just like he just cannot seem to break the shackles past 20 or 30. Yeah, see, he's another guy. He's like the James Vince, which is good for 30. I like Denley as a I think five, De- not Denley a three. looks like test cricket to me, though. He looks test cricket. He looks cricket. test cricket. Also, his he's bicep got, was looking good. His biceps look good. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. And uh, he's... He puts, you, got, you got my text? Yeah. He puts zinc on the lower lip. He looks what, test cricket yeah, to me. Yeah, and his face looks uh, like like grizzled. Good face. Grizzled for test. And he's got he's got the Hans Kermes kind of uh, fielding limbs. He's mm. got his limbsy. Mm-hmm. For test cricket So everything about it Screams test cricket yeah. The cap looks good on his head mm-hmm. He's played Sydney grade cricket mm-hmm. And yet Just cannot break the shackles Past 30 mm. It's a shame It is a shame I don't like him as a 3 though I like him as a 5 But okay. he, isn't he open the batting in, he open the Yeah batting in he's a, batted everywhere But I think he's, mm. he's top order player No one wants to bat 3 for England Because mm. Joe Root doesn't want to do it well, No one wants to, wants to bat 3 around the world Why really? does he want to bat 3 That's where the best player plays More runs at 4 I mean, it does make sense. Yeah. If I had to choose, I wouldn't be that three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but why doesn't these professional athletes want to do it? Yeah. Who do you like? Do you like Zach Crawley? Well, why is he not last cab? Because he got the most runs in this game. He, Zach Crawley looked like ungainly to me. He's private and school to me. He's, he's private school, but he, yeah. his technique looked ungainly. And yeah. like I say this against the fact that he top scored for England. Yeah. In the second innings, he yeah. essentially gave them, tall. A, gave them a chance. Yeah, and, and tall batsmen have to work hard look right. to uh, yeah to earn respect. Mm. It doesn't happen very often. Mm. Just the um, the the movements again, yeah, seem uncoordinated, ungainly, <laughs> and and this is all we're talking in the like the concept of things seeming a certain way, being yeah. perceived a certain way, not true. No, just how it looks. Ollie Pope, perfect height, perfect height, perfect height. You know, perfect you need to be short, compact. Yeah. Mm. Uh, everything needs to be in sync. Yeah, there's no Crawley. like there's no enormous stride. It's just yeah. the press. Yeah. Just a hint. It's just an Aussie view of who would who would intimidate us or who who we'd respect but based purely sense. on physicality. But that's the whole thing about the like the broad non-selection. Just like we've got the fastest guys, we'll pick the fastest guys. They're going back to the ways of, mm. of Australiana. Mm. I don't know if they are, but but Broad will play the next Test match, won't he? So the 
the next two tests um, are both in Manchester. They're, they're four days apart, which is weird. I'm sure they'll prepare two wickets, surely. Although it would be fun if they started the, they started the test on a, on a nine-day wicket. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> two spinners. Um, Shannon Gabriel hits the stumps a lot. He hits like the six. There's like a stack going around. It's, it's just going round. Yeah, okay. Where's um, it going around? I'm not really sure. Tinder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could try that for an opening line. Um, he's hit the stumps more than anyone else. But yeah. it's, it is remarkable. Like test match players don't miss the ball very often. Mm-hmm. Like they just miss it. Actually, Josh Butler misses the ball a lot. He gets bowled a lot. Mm. That looks like the way he can get out. Mm. I love you if you attempted to start positive conversation about West Indian cricket and well, they go hand in hand. We're going back to Joss Butler and English players struggling. Well, Joss is my bad. aesthetically favourite player. Oh, yeah. But I had a look this morning. He averages 31. Yeah. He's better than 31. He, he, he should be averaging 40 in test cricket. About seven. He didn't keep that well. Well, this is the crossover with Australian cricket because he's fast becoming, if not already, the, like the, the great project player of English cricket. Mm-hmm. It's the Watson thing. Mm-hmm. It's like 31, that's the same average as Tim Payne, who's now lauded these days, and Ian Healy mm-hmm. averaged around that as well with the bat. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, but Josh, you're up, you're, Josh, sorry, your yep. upside is so high. Yeah. You're now failing by doing pretty much what all good keepers do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I suppose in the know. history of the game for wicketkeeper, if your number seven is averaging 30, you're a very good side. Yeah. I just feel like, he, yeah, he, he could average 40 in test cricket, couldn't he? I suppose. But then he's, he's dropped that one down league side, mm. fourth innings. His glove work's no good. He's got Ben Folks behind him, who, well, is, s- who is the neatest of neat Well, keepers. I saw a photo of Ben Folks in a lead-up to this test, right. like a, a promo photo, okay. and he's sponsored by um, Grey Nicks. Nice. And his Grey Nicks have black gloves at the moment, and it okay. was the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. Oh, really? It looked like black like black shoes, white, um, white socks, oh. that kind of vibe. I thought he was uh, going to go down the path of like – Folks is kind of pain esque in the neatness. Like he understands the symmetry. Of the best the, looking cricketer going around. Of the, but the symmetry of the wicketkeeper as well. Yeah, it's called going around. <laughs> you mean sure I acknowledge Sorry. that? Yeah. yeah, I thought you were going to say that the black gloves were kind of offering a sleek vibe and everything. No, that is right. But he, how was Ben Folks allowed himself to do that? I don't know. That's like Tim Payne in short sleeves exactly. in that promo shot. Exactly. What's what going I on? I don't know. I didn't like it. Look into it. <laughs> That's a conspiracy. Um, obviously, no crowds. Yeah. Um, at the game, um, you know, like in other sports, they're doing the crowd noise, football yeah. especially. Do you like the crowd noise, the fabricated crowd noise? Uh, to be honest, like I like the uh, I like the novelty of no artificial same, sounds. Same. Like I love the lonely aesthetic. Yes. Uh, I like the ball echoing off the bat. I, I like how there's a billion dollar sport like cricket where you can hear birds squawking. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the confirmation that like 99% of the things that players yell are just meaningless Inanities shouted for no one but themselves. Yep. Um, probably just to keep themselves alert, that kind of stuff. Like it reminded me of um, sitting at the SCG a few years ago. Uh, I think there was a, there was a Shield match on. I think we were recording a podcast at Fox mm-hmm. that afternoon, and I was trying to write an article. So I went to the Shield game. You said I was playing Victoria. Blues are bowling. Mm-hmm. Uh, about sixty-five overs in, like Victoria's maybe four down. Just a really like boring part, like you know, part of the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Most of the game. Moment, yeah, that's right. Quick yeah. either ran. and for about fifteen minutes, Steve O'Keefe sock. He's at like mid off, mid on, mm. just roaring between balls like a child, and you, and you could hear it all. Like it, it sounded like he had like attention deficit disorder. Right. Uh, but no one's at the ground. You can hear everything. And like like Doug Bowling just bowling, and sock just keeps yelling like good bowl, Doug. Just emphasizing <laughs> bowl, not ball. Right. And he's just amusing himself by yeah. saying good bowl yeah. to himself yeah. and just clap. No one else is saying anything. This is like the – this is before Australia dropped everyone. So Steve Smith was playing. All the guys right. were playing. Handsome scored 100 that game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Bollinger wasn't bowling, Steve Smith is just yelling at Bollinger about his girlfriend in the crowd okay. for about five minutes. And I was just like, that's kind of 
that's real cricket. That's real. That's cricket. how cricket works. Yeah. And so to have like no artificial noise just mm. hopefully elevates that a little bit. You know when you're, you know, it's rounds about the the back end of the season. There's maybe like four or five games left. You're in no finals ch- chance, so you start sledging your teammates just mm. because you are bored mm. and lonely. Mm. And like that's that is that's the realty of cricket. That's real cricket. That's real cricket. And I want I, I hope that the like that no artificial crowd noise can kind of pick that up. But we don't have that option, do they? Because they're still just putting a little hum over the top of it. A little bit of a hum. Yeah, we're not fooled. Um. One thing we should speak about is Jason Holder, who took six for in the first innings. Um, and he is the number one all-rounder in the world. I saw a stat that he is averaging, in the last two years, he's averaging less than Jimmy Anderson with the ball, and he's averaging more than Joe Root with the bat. Yeah. Um, which is incredible. Yeah. But I feel like, because there's such a fucking monopoly with cricket, where if you don't play for one of the three big teams, being India, England, Australia... There's like all this other amazing world-class cricket happening in other series that like you don't pay attention to unless they play the other big teams. So it's like... I mean, then you always think like, ah, oh, well, a bit of an asterisk there for, for Holder because he's yeah. just spending his time playing against Sri Lanka, Bangladesh. I'm yeah. sure the stats don't bear it out in mm. any way. Mm. But because you don't see these guys very often exactly. because the, the big three are pooling all their matches and money mm. together. Like when Holder comes across like, oh, well, he's actually averages less than Jimmy Anderson. Like, yeah, but come on. And then he goes mm. and takes six for 42 against mm. a big three. So 13 the last two years. And I, lo- ball. I love it. I love it because it's it, it's not like it's 160 k's. Mm. It's not like it's hooping a mile mm. or anything. Like he doesn't like he has a he doesn't not like he has a superpower. Yeah, but the he accuracy, does have a superpower. But he does. He's fucking massive. He's 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 massive. He's fuck off big. Yeah, that's how big that. he is. Let's talk about that. Okay, yeah. you know when the, like the opposition has, <laughs> you know when the opposition has like a really tall bowler. I don't think, I don't know how tall he is. he's. Almost yeah. a seven footer. You're an he's adolescent, six, and every side, nine, like the, the other side, has a play with a beard, yeah. and you're like, oh, he's going to be quick. Yeah. Well, he's 23, and this yeah. is the other 10. That's a good point. And and <laughs> thank you. Mm. And you, like, how do you get on the front dog to holder? Yeah, like that's coming from such a height yeah. that there is no sight screen big enough. There's no front dog. There's no front dog. Yeah, but like, it's he's just. Yeah. I saw a photo with him next to um, Joffre Archer. Joffre, I'm not, I'm not sure how tall Joffre is, but he's 6'3", 6'4", I'm guessing. And he looks like a child next yeah. to yeah. Jason Holder. Yeah. And he's the captain. And he just, in terms of like, you want something to get around you. I mean, Jason Holder's like wrapping his arms around four or five of you in a huddle. Well, you know, you'd have to start saying that Holder may mm. be looking to usurp Faf as world cricket's alpha. If you think about what is being put up in, like what, just in terms of the sheer number of categories that is satisfying. Yeah. He's destroying people on the field. Yeah. And he's bigger than people off the field. Yeah. Like he's an enormous human. Yeah. So he has that presence. Yeah. And as it turns out, and we're going to get onto this, a supremely lovely person. Yeah. Who who can dominate. Mm. What's his what, secret? What's the secret? Yeah. I'm not I'm not sure about ten out of ten guys. You know what I mean? No, no, I need no. you to we be talked eight. about this last week. Yeah. Is he a bad schooner? Is what he is a bad it? pint? He can't be. I don't think. I don't think he is. He's he's, he's not only a, a, a world like class cricketer. He's also a statesman, as well. Where, where's what's the weakness, Jason? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? What are we looking at? Yeah, well, <laughs> something. We know it's something. I don't yeah, know. Love Good it. Bother, but anyway, yes, is, he, is, he, is, he, is he got out? Is he got faff in his sights? Well, faff retired, isn't he? From tests. So, so, so Jason's, he's number one all-rounder, number one rig, nice guy, number one bloke. Cricketer. Number one bloke, fucking hell. Okay. If anyone knows Jason Holder, try and get him Someone must know. Yeah. Someone must have a story. If anyone knows him. Circuit story. Anything. On the rums or something one night, I don't yeah. know. Well, there is those pictures of him with Joffre Archer where Joffre was daggering that night. Yeah, 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 um, on a festival. Yeah, when he was wearing uh, England mm. cricket shorts. Mm. So, um, One thing we should speak about, Pez, um, before we, we were speaking to Jason Gillespie and Monty Panesar. Yes. Um, 
which I said at the top, didn't I? Yeah. Um, there was obviously a really moving piece uh, at the beginning of the coverage that Sky put together with um, Michael Holding, especially, mm. who spoke really eloquently about the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, you would have seen this, obviously, peasant, obviously praised 99.99% around the world, uh, rightfully so. Yeah. Um, it's uh, my, my instinct was that it was real well obviously really well produced and i was thinking about like what australia what's gonna happen mm. when australian summer starts and like is that a thing that even australian audiences are ready for which might not even be the point <laughs> but i was just thinking like how's that well i think uh, received? well first things first to to praise that um production yeah. Yeah. it was uh it was superb you yeah. know and it was really powerful yeah. um it was both holding an ebony rainford brent right. and they were saying you know that if you missed it you know institutionalized racism must be eradicated for the good of humanity. Yeah. Pretty, um, pretty fair point. Pretty you'd, fair. You'd point. imagine, you know, and then and then Holding spoke incredibly powerfully afterwards as well. You know, over the next two days, a Sky Sky cricket this is a Sky. Yeah. Uh, you know, asked every West Indian player about Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they didn't flinch. Like it was, it was unflinching. It was, um, they went hard at it. Uh, and it's it's interesting because I think like yeah, you, there's obviously dickhead comments underneath or whatever you're always yeah. going to have people who do that you know yeah. i think some people find the idea of like institutionalized racism difficult to see like because it turns up quietly or unspoken um it's an abstract idea for some people you know they think oh if i can't see it then it doesn't exist mm-hmm. but it's what happened next what happens next that matters so you know do you do you hear those who claim to experience it and listen to them or do you maintain no i don't see it so they must be wrong um mm. and then you have holding you know like one of the most admired cricketers mm. in the world say if you don't educate people they'll grow they'll keep growing up in that sort of society and you will not get meaningful change mm. you know i, I listen to holding <laughs> yeah <laughs> listen to him yeah uh he's a statesman in terms of australia uh well i think yeah you were saying you know that only like last year mm. there was someone holding up a banner at yeah Perth. two guys went to um up to stadium in yeah. Perth there and held up a sign says it's okay to be white and CA's response to that gave them a first and final warning. Yeah. And they, they, they could have walked into uh, the they, ground the next day. Yeah. No punishment. Yeah. Incredible. Like, that. Like to me, like, um, well, who knows what the audience thinks, but, like, to me, Australia is so far behind in conversations about race mm. and recognition of, especially the Indigenous society in Australia and the lack of integration of the two communities that I just wonder, like, how receptive, you know, like, I would love for Fox and Channel 7 the host broadcast in Australia to be hosting a similar piece. Now I know it's like three months down the line, so you just hope that it's still part of the conversation, mm. you know. But I, yeah, I just well, it, it it will be. I mean, history doesn't go in a straight line. There's nothing that's going to happen in three months. It's not going to make it part of the conversation, mm. you know. Mm. It'll be interesting to see how they, um, what what they do. I was talking to a mate the other day, uh, and he noted the ease with which the race issue has been dropped from public discourse in Australia in mm. the last few weeks. Mm. You know, we'll like we like dissect the lecherous conduct of a high court judge from every angle, but you know the uncomfortable and complex analysis of race will park that mm. for a bit. But like you know, I would be very surprised if the same sort of appetite existed within mm. the networks here in Australia when cricket mm. starts off here. But like, I'd love to be completely wrong, and I reckon a ton of people would um, welcome a similarly strong stand. I love that idea that um, that you know that, that Australia aren't ready for the conversation. Doesn't matter. Right? You, doesn't matter if you're ready, you know. Well, what Scott like, did was leadership. It's like, it's like Michael, exactly. It's like what Michael Holling is saying: is you have to educate. And we saw, like, you know, two days afterwards, we see uh, any football fans out there. Wolf Sahar get a, a direct message, which I'm not going to repeat, but it's yeah. just absolutely heinous from a 12 year old boy. Yeah, well, the police arrested him. Yeah, 
horrendous. So yeah. like educating people anyway. Mm. Um, Pez, wonderful show. We've got sort of that. Monty Panasar, Jason Gillespie, hashtag mm. I said you say it's all to come. Mm. And the West Indies up 1-0. Look good, play good, feel good. I guess me just whispering in their ear saying, get rarer. But realistically, I'm thinking from ball one, I just want to park this fucking thing into the car park. Good play, good feel good. I'd crowd call it the Joel Wilson Institute. Look good play, good feel good. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the man you have all been waiting for. A lot of requests for this guy over a long period of time. And finally, uh, he has agreed uh, to come on to the show. Now, I'm not sure if our guest is aware of this, but we always commence the introduction of a guest by going through their numbers because numbers. the iron law of cricket, whatever whatever level you played, mm. the iron law of cricket is that your numbers define you, not yes. your personality, not anything, just the numbers <laughs> next to your name, my cricket, play cricket, whatever it is. So here are some numbers I want to throw at uh, the people who listen to this show, and mm. I'll say throw aggressively, but uh, <laughs> 50 tests, 167 wickets, 12 fifers at that level, two tenfers, a best of six for 37. I've read 709 first-class wickets, but elsewhere I've read 710 first-class wickets at 31, 39 fifers, six tenfers, a best of seven for 60. They are some outstanding numbers, whichever way you look at it in the cricketing uh, game. He was part of two Ashes-winning England sides. He was Wisden Cricketer of the Year in 2007. There are a lot of people very, very happy that we're chatting. I'm talking about Monty Panesar. Monty, welcome to The Great Cricketer. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on on, on The Great Cricketer. and. Uh uh, finally, you tracked me down, and uh, <laughs> I, 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 I could I couldn't say no. You cornered you cornered cornered me, and I thought, right, I'll, I'll better do this. <laughs> Not physically, no. <laughs> no. Uh, Monty. Just we always start the same way, and, and there's no better person to ask this question to, I believe. So you've played at Lords, you've also played at Raby Oval in Campbelltown. Yep. Um, can you compare and contrast the two grounds, and more broadly, what is your relationship as a Wisdom Cricketer of the Year, Test Cricketer? What's your relationship with Sydney Grade Cricket? I've played there quite a few times. I played at Randwick Petersham and then I played at West and also Campbelltown. So, um, well, I, I would say I, I think I've got a strong relationship with with with, with, with great cricket. Um, and uh, at the age of thirty eight, probably, you know, I think my great cricket years are done now. Possibly, um, I don't know if it's up to you guys. Really, would you like to <laughs> me come back for oh, a no, final no. year? The one. Come, come back for a testimonial year. Yeah, I reckon uh, we're looking like maybe captaining threes or something like that. If you want to like lead some young guys, you know, into the future, the future generations, Monty. Take well, them under the wing. Well, gosh, I'm flying the other side of the country, and you give me third grade cricket. Gosh, you guys, are, you, guys are, you guys, you guys, you guys give me a fair opportunity here. <laughs> um, just, just on that note, Monty, 
we always sort of try and do like a little bit of background on on guys that we're interviewing. That's what probably what you should do. And somebody told us that you both are. Uh, lived and worked with Greg Matthews. Now, we love, like, eccentric spinners like, mm. on the podcast. We love what they're all about. We can talk about eccentric, eccentric spinners later, but can you just give an insight into both of those things, living and working with Greg Matthews as mm. um, Monty Panesar? Yeah, I think Greg Matthews, um, I think he's a very challenging person. He's very direct, and he will challenge you a question where he'll make you think. And I instantly liked the way he would challenge me when I met him at Sydney during the fifth test match, and you know, he, he just asked me the question of like, um, uh, just just a very simple question. He goes, do you own it? Right. And I said, what do you mean, do you own it? Like, what do you mean own what? Like own a car, own a house, like own own what? So just own it, man. You just got to own it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Own it. Like, what, what is it? Where are we? Like, I don't know what we're talking about. But that was it. And that's what it is because he is, he's speaking something that he sees in you. He's like, he goes, you know what? Own it. Own your presence at the crease. You know, but without delivering the ball, mm. like Shane Warne, you know, he used to own it. Yeah. You know, Shane Warne and Greg Matthews are really good mates. And you can see how Shane Warne, you know, kind of like, he kind of, I think he, he kind of wanted to be like Greg Matthews when Greg Matthews was massive in the mid 80s mm. and the 90s. And then obviously Shane Wan took over. He kind of emulated him and then he just took it to the next level. You know, the Hollywood sort of cricketer, right? Mm. Mm. But it was owning it. Owning it means it's like Andrew Strauss put it the best way. He goes, I'll look up the crease and I look at Shane Wan's eyes and I feel like he's looking into my eyes and he exactly knows how he's going to get me out. And, and I know he's going to get me out as well. Now that's <laughs> what Greg Matthew meant by owning it. Like you look at, look at top of your mark, you look at the batsman and you, I'm, I'm looking at you to tell you, I'm going to get you out this way and you, you, you can't do anything about this because I'm going to get you out. And I think that's how my relationship started with Greg Matthews. He goes, you know, just got to own it, man. You got to own that batsman. He doesn't know what you're going to bowl, but he sure well knows that you're going to get him out. Really like that uh, that that uh, sort of comparison, like because a lot of the things we do here, Monty, it's like an introspection to the Australian male in particular, and like because great cricket just brings together all these like interesting people from all different walks of life, uh, for you know better and for worse. Really, I mean, what's first of all, what sort of drew you to come out to play club cricket in Australia, and then can you compare it to sort of meeting people at club cricket in the UK or, or representative cricket in the UK, you know, the Australian man and the English man, like, is it, are they the dressing rooms, the, tubs, dressing rooms, the language, yeah, everything? Yeah. yeah. Circuits. Like what is it? How is it? How is it all different? I think, I think the difference is that, um, you know, uh, it, the difference is, is there's a lot more, you've got to be a lot more hands on when it comes to grade cricket, Love it. you know, put the covers away, mm. for example, get the teeth and everything else that kind of ready. Well, there's quite a bit done for us, but then there's a lot of similarities as well, because similarities are that, um, it's a very much a community club base, a club cricket culture, similar to, you know, sort of England, but England, mm. I would say it's a more of a community. It's like the whole village will come and, you know, support the team while certain suburbs, it's just like the local fans that come in and, mm. And it's not like that, that whole area. And I think that's the kind of feel you get in England. You, it's actually part of a Sunday afternoon for the whole town or the village to actually come and just pop by 
and 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 just see how 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 the local team is doing. While when we watch grade cricket, it's mm. probably a bit more competitive. You know, first grade, I'll, I'll say second and eleven standard. Mm. It's very competitive. The guys are like you know abusing you, say stuff to you, and and you get some of the sort of um, first class cricketers from New South Wales playing in as well. Mm. And and it, and it becomes yeah, it's, it's a lot more competitive. Um, and and yeah, you've got to definitely uh, uh, got to got to take some of the abuse as well as. Um, you know, be competitive. Mm. I think that's a pretty thorough answer and tallies mm. with what most people say yeah, as well. Yeah. Like, mm. I, I want to pick up Monty. Like, you talk about, we're talking about Mo before and yourself and Shane Warne. Like, it occurs to us, we're really fascinated about it, that, like, spinners are often kind of thought of in cricket as, you know, what some people would say is rare units. You know, they mm. have a sort of a tendency to be really eccentric mm-hmm. in the way that they think. Do you think that that's a kind of like evolutionary result of just the role of being a spinner where you just can just get disposed into the car park at any time, but also, you know, take a huge bag and mm. it's a just complete roller coaster mm. at all times? And how, like, you know, what's your relationship to that kind of eccentricity? Yeah, I think spinners, like if you're a match-winning spinner, if you're going to win the game, first inning, second inning, it's a celebration. It's how, you know, it's how you like to flight the ball in the air and then it just turns off the pitch and you bamboozled the batsman or you know the batsman wants to hit you for a six one ball hits you for a six next minute you flight the ball and they've missed it off the pitch and, and you've stumped him and he's halfway down the wicket on a flat pitch and he looks like you know it's, it's, it's just like, it feels like it feels you know just quite embarrassed like oh my gosh Humiliation. I'm out mm. and mm. Proper, you know, and that's what spinners can do. They can actually really humiliate the batsman, mm. especially if you can, you know, come down the wicket. And also, they're like the heart of the team. If they're like a real sort of extra characters, they're match winners. You know, you have the short leg, everyone around the bat, and everyone's loving the sort of, you know, the pressure of it. You always get the short leg, the slip, saying, "Go on, mate, he's got to toss the next one up. Let's hit it for a six. Let's see if you let's see if you can still middle the ball on a on a turning pitch." And just fun stuff like that. So you can see like a lot of players are interacting while the spinner's bowling. And that's what, that's why the spinners are like, you know, if you get a good match winning spinner, they, they tend to, you know, you know, be the heart, heart, heart of the team and, and they sort of gel in with everyone. As much as like the spinners need to have this eccentricity and it's all about attitude when delivering at the crease and stuff, there's also a genetic element. And I just need to know, Monty, like how big are these hands? Like how, how big are we talking? Like can you can you, can, can you palm a basketball? Yeah, yeah. You know, is it Kawhi Leonard kind of stuff? Mitts. Like yeah, mitts. Yeah, Where are the mitts at? how big are they? How big are the mitts? Well, they're they're big enough to catch a few <laughs> balls, and I let's be honest, I can get I can catch five, I can carry five or six balls in my hands, and uh, they are. I have massive hands, and the problem is, like, why do I drop catches? You know, this is this is what I don't seem to understand. Like, what what happened to me? Like, uh, um, was was my hand eye coordination of a, um, of a of a different species, not a human being? Like, when you when you've got the fingers wrapped around the ball, would that be like the equivalent of like you know just a mortal man with a golf ball? Is that the equivalent? Does it feel small? Does it feel small? Yeah, I think I think. Look, um, I couldn't work it out. You know, and I hope you guys got the answers, but I, I ain't got, I don't know what exactly it is that, um, why do I drop catches? Um, but I drop catches and I sometimes, I take some blinders and sometimes when they stick in the hand, yeah. the batsman's even surprised. And mm. I normally say to the batsman, sorry, mate, um, you know, you're, you're just, you know, I mean, I'm like, it's not your day today if I'm catching a cricket ball. Mm. 
I just want to be really clear, Monty, like the um, the, the mitts chat, like the hand chat was not leading towards drop catcher stuff. We're just literally fascinated with, with blokes who have big hands yeah. and admire well, I thought, I thought, I thought I just, I thought I'd just be honest with you guys and say, <laughs> look, guys, I've got great big hands. I should be in the slips, should be taking some great catches like Punter, you know, Ricky Ponting. But instead, I'm at mid-on trying to stop the ball when it gets hit at me because I can't stop it. <laughs> so I'm equivalent of Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> Well, you were talking before, Monty, about the pressure and the theatre around, you know, a spinner coming on, men round the bat. I mean, you know, obviously Jack Leach did, did the job last year, one of the most famous innings from a left-hand tailender. It was, well, 10 years before then, I think it was 2009, Cardiff, there was a certain left-hander tailender as well, holding out, staving off the Aussies um, as a... As a ice cream van or a police, a police wagon. One of the two goes past Monty's window. But, um, but uh, uh, you know, I, I want to know what Ponting was saying around the bat at Cardiff 2009. What, what was Haddon saying? saying? What were they saying? You know, a pair of gloves gets called out every two overs, you know, drink, you know. What, what was what was the energy like? What was being set out there on the field? Yeah, look, Ponting wasn't saying anything, to be honest. He was probably thinking, well, there's no, you know, there's no point me abusing this guy. He can't even bat and we'll probably get him out anyway. <laughs> but the interesting bit for me was when we talk about owning it and we're going through it right yeah, now, yeah, like it. Yeah. I just never felt, I never felt Nathan Hurrett's presence. Uh, mm, uh. Now, now, I, I just never felt him. I felt like he bowled off spin, but I just never felt that, you know, he never abused me or, or he just wasn't aggressive in his thing or never played any like tactical funny games like mm. you know just just walk past me say something in my ear or, or whatever like mm. it, it, I just and and maybe that was one of the reasons why you know Hurwitz who should have been I thought a lot better than should have had a much more you know successful career because I think yeah. I think he's got great talent great shape on the ball but I think he wasn't I don't think he was I don't think he owned it mm. you know that you know looking at the bats for nine and say look I'm going to get you out even if it's a full toss, even if it's a half volley, I'm going to get you out, right? Mm. Um, I, I just, yeah, and and I, I just never felt, mm. I just never felt him as a person. Mm. I don't know why is that the case. I don't know. Certain cricketers you feel, you know, mm. you're like, mm. anything they do, you, you, you know, they just have a presence. While others who could be really good, and I thought he was a pretty good off spinner, mm. I just never felt, I just never felt that he, he, he would get you out on turning wicket. I don't know why. I, lo- I love this frame of like owning it and feeling them. Mm. Like, can you give us some insight? Like, who have you felt the most that maybe people wouldn't um, expect? You know, like who who owns it in a way that we wouldn't see, and then vice versa. Who didn't you feel? Ryan Sidebottom. I thought okay, so Simon Cattage. Yeah. yeah. Very un- un- unassuming. Someone like Hayden is very natural, you know. And Simon Cattage, you could felt he uh, he just owned it. He was very. Yeah. Mm. Disciplined, very in there, yeah. but you know, not not as vocal. You know, yeah. mm. you know, someone like Hayden Gilchrist, you know, like Langer as well. You hit him on the head like three or four times. He's still there. He's like, oh, you know, so determined. Mm. You know, he just got this like martial arts mentality about him. So, but while Simon Cattish is someone you don't really think of, but then when you play against him, you're like, yeah, he actually, yeah, you, you can feel that he's oh, gonna, yeah. you mm. know, he, he's, gonna, he's gonna tough it out. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm gonna tough this out. Mm. Speaking of the current England setup, obviously Don Best has got the job at the moment. He's got a bit of flair about him. He's got a certain je ne sais quoi. Mm. You know, is he, is, he, is he giving you vibes? Mm. Is Are you feeling is, him? Is he owning it? Is he owning it? Uh, who's that? D- Don Best. <laughs> Don Best. He, Great answer. The, the, I think there's <laughs> part of his uh, actions, he's owning it. And then there's other parts where I feel like, um, 
it, it doesn't, you know, if, 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 if you know, if, if he's not, um, I think he's a type of player, if he needs to score runs, and he feels more confident with his bowling when he's scoring runs. Mm. Mm, yeah, okay. Because he's a more of a batter than a bowler. So mm. I feel that his confidence comes from scoring runs. Yeah, yeah. And then he feels like I can own it with his action, his integrity at the crease, his attitude and all of that. But when he's not scoring the runs, I, I feel like he's like, you know, he probably thinks I'm a bit of a part-time off spinner, which is probably more than that. But, you know, it's not like a, yeah, not like a Nathan Lyon or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Monty, uh, we often yeah. like try and solicit uh, some like background, like I said, or some anonymous questions. We got one from someone who you will know, um, but it is anonymous. Um, but this is what he asked me um, to, to send on to you. Um, have you ever smoke bombed an Australian cricketer in Brighton, Sussex, after one beer? After this Australian cricketer travelled an hour on the train to catch up with you. No. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what is there? Was it? Who was it? Zampa. <laughs> no, but I, I, I didn't. I, no, I never. I never smoke bombed him. I'm just. A, I'm just a conjurer no. here. <laughs> Adam's lying. <laughs> you just. You, you just, just want to. No, I actually didn't smoke bomb him. I actually picked him up, and we went to Sussex, and he trained there, and he was bowling beautiful, and um, he's like, uh, he's. You know, he, 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 you know what it is? He had his elbow like Shane Warne. Now Shane Warne bends the elbow. Yeah. Uh, when, he, when he's at the crease of delivery point, he had the same as that. And that's why his shape was similar to his, but probably he rushed through the crease a bit more. But yeah. you sound pretty lily well, you know, one day as, if I smoke bombed him, what does that mean, smoke bomb in Aussie terms? I, I rephrase it in English. Yeah, good. that's, that's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I, I think smoke bomb means like... Uh, I'm gathering that he expected to have more than one beer with you, so you've sat down and have one beer, then you've probably said politely, I have to leave now, Adam, mm. and he's interpreted that as a smoke bomb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so you're like, you, you, you put the smoke bomb on the ground and yeah. then just left it with the smoke in the air. Yeah, yeah, like a magician. Oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah. I, I didn't realise he wanted yeah. more beers. He should have asked yeah, yeah. me. I would have I I got some VB, a crate of VB. I would have said, come on then, let's crack, let's crack a VB open, mate. <laughs> Does Zampa own it? Yeah. Um, I, I think at times in, in one day, he's done really, really well. Yeah, he obviously does, you know, it's not like he doesn't, but you know, he, he's worked out a mold for him where he knows I'm good at white ball cricket and, and he's done a brilliant, brilliant job there. Mm. You've got a, you've got a bit of a cult following going on online, you know, loving these home workouts. I've seen some leg press yeah. on the floor with the really couch, good. you know, a couple of tricep dips with the dining chairs. You know, you obviously do the Monty channel on Twitter as well. I mean, is the goal to get into broadcasting or, you know, can we expect, you know, a 30 day summer shred package coming out of Instagram? Well, we can expect both, you know, a shredded Monty Panasar, you know, doing fitness circuits, I'm you know, it. maybe on Bondi, on Bondi beach and got the whole Bondi beach crew just following me like hassle off, you know, <laughs> and, um, and then, um, you know, media broadcasting is something I really want to, you know, move into because um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I, that's something that a lot of people have said that to me. Because that that's where you should go for, you know, media broadcasting, TV, entertainment. You know, that that's the area you should go go towards. Uh, I just have another one that's come through from a fan. It's just more of a confirmed deny, Monty. But uh, the allegation is that. Um, at one stage during a club cricket match, you were fielding at mid-off, and um, while the game was going on, you were on the phone talking into your Apple Watch. Is that is that can you is that a conspiracy? Is, is is somebody pulling my leg there, or is that possibly true? 
So what was I saying into my Apple Watch? You were just on the phone talking the phone. into your Apple Watch while the game was being played at, at mid-off. You're at mid-off. Okay, uh, Apple, can you tell me what line to bowl on this flat pitch in Sydney Grey Cricket, please? <laughs> Get your, do not bowl today. Wicket is too flat. Tell your captain that. Okay, Sydney, thank you. <laughs> so that definitely happened then. <laughs> that definitely happened. So, so, so Siri goes, who, who is, um, tell your captain, um, if you do have an injury, please fake one right now. Thank you. <laughs> Still going. Uh, that's mate, that's so great. yeah, you're right. I, I did speak to my Apple Watch because I just couldn't work out what line of length ball on this flat pitch. And actually Siri told me, do you not have a ball today? <laughs> well, I'm not, I know, I know you've, I know you've answered this question before, but you know, I, I have to know for myself. You know, obviously, one of the greatest appearances on Mastermind in, in recent memory. I just, I just need to know what happened. You know, the bright lights, questions coming thick and fast. I mean, I just need to know what happened. We, we, bro, we you know? freeze on TV every week. Well, so. they, they, well, they, 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 look, look, look. They asked me the question, "What's the season when leaves fall off the trees?" And I said, "Oliver Twist." Oliver Twist. Yeah. Of course. First thing came to mind. But it's autumn. It's actually autumn. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, easy mistake to make. That's, that's well, it's, it's happened to all of us. It's happened to all of us, or does it, or does it only happen to Monty Panther? That's for the listeners out there to decide. Well, that's uh, something for the great great cricketers to discuss. <laughs> and, you know, on a Saturday, well, you know, on a, on a flat track on a Saturday, you know, well, how would we answer that question? Some days, you know, if it's a hot... If it's a hot Oliver Twist day, mm. I'm not bowling on a flatty. Exactly. You know what I mean? Well, listen, there's one thing I'll tell you guys. If you don't know, if you're stuck at the crease and you don't know how to face, have your Apple Watch out. Just ask Siri. <laughs> Love it. And it'll, it'll, it'll give you the game plan while, it, while you're there. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's the sound that probably should wrap it up. Monty yeah. Panasar, thanks so much uh, for joining TGC. You've given us more time than we asked for and Pleasure. been very generous uh, with your answers as well. Wishing you all the best. Uh, congratulations on you know a, a stellar test career and stuff as well. You never know, could be back as well, still going round. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we'd, yeah, we'd like yeah, to catch yeah, up with you again. Well. Yeah, brilliant. I love that too. And uh, how is lockdown in Australia? Like I hear that the gyms, everything is open and you guys are one of the countries that got it right. Well, except for Melbourne, except where we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Monty, let me tell you, I'm missing the gym big time and mm. I'm trying to leg press couches. I'm mm. getting, I'm buying dining room chairs just to get some dips in. Honestly, mm. like they've just closed the gyms again in Melbourne. We're all struggling. But you know. Okay, so I, I look forward to your leg press videos and you can send them at, at Monty Panasar on Twitter. And also, any Sydney great cookers out there, please follow me at Monty Panasar uh, and also at Monty Channel and we do fitness videos. And if, if anybody, you know, I would actually, actually, I would love people to actually send me their videos from Australia. Oh, hell now, that yeah. would oh, give me yeah. immense, immense pleasure. Oh, okay, hell yeah. Okay, Monty, you shouldn't have said that because you're yeah. going to get thousands now and it's yeah. going to be led by Higos. He doesn't know that until now, but uh, there's going to be Good. a collaboration between Higos here and you uh, doing fitness videos in lockdown. That's sorted out. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, like they say, put the barbie on the shrimp, mate. <laughs> Thanks so much, Monty. <laughs> okay, thanks, mate. Thank you. Well, given that the test matches are crammed in a very short 
period of time, you're going to get that opportunity. What about getting to 500 wickets? Is that a big carrot dangling in front of your eyes? Uh, not really. No, I'm, I'm not really bothered about those sort of milestones. Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Oh my God, stop fucking lying. Okay, back for his second run around on the grade. Cricketer is a legend of Australian cricket. He's also helped us out at a couple of live shows as well. And uh, last time he was on this cast, you wouldn't have heard him in any way due to my son crying and uh, an incredibly poor <laughs> technical setup. So, um, cry cast. Yeah, I mean, he's been texting us every week, this man, just to say, listen, let me back on. Let me get my... Redemption. Yeah, let me get some redemption out there. And finally, yeah, well, look, we've opened the door. But uh, with all that in mind, a, a, a big welcome to Jason Dizzy Gillespie. Dizzy, how are you? Oh, I'm good, thanks, mate. Mm. Um, how have I mean, just just first off the bat, like, how have you been managing uh, COVID isolation, quarantine? Where are you in the world? You know, how's it been going? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been uh, been based here in South Australia. Uh, we live about an hour or so out of Adelaide, down on the south coast, and um, it, it's a nice, nice little town. So, just been in ISO since coming back from. Uh, from Sussex because we had uh, we had a pre-season camp in Cape Town that got cut short. When obviously with the with the pandemic and you know if you remember back in March things were changing really quickly. Um, so ended up flying had, had a round trip went from Adelaide to Cape Town had a few days in Cape Town then uh, flew to London um, stayed in Hove for a couple of nights and then it became clear that the season wasn't going to start. Um, so I got on a on a on a flight out um, from from England and. And been back here in um, in South Australia after 14 days isolation, and uh, yeah, so since then, since um, since sort of back into March, I've, I've been down down here and uh, not doing too much, missing the cricket, to be honest. Well, mate, I, I was curious to sort of pick up on how you like to spend your time because, like, aside from um, you know getting into um, Twitter disagreements with Rodney Hogg about All Lives Matter, which we'll come to later. Um, <laughs> We've noticed that like cricketers kind of deal with it differently. Like you know, Aaron Finch was concerningly starting to you know catch golf balls with one hand and yeah. stuff, and going a little bit. Uh, like people probably go a bit stir crazy. Like, yeah. well, what does isolation look like for you? Like, how do you pass? It? How does Jason Gillespie kind of pass the time when there's no um, you know, nothing obvious to do? TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> no, I certainly haven't done TikTok. You go. Uh, I'm trying to avoid avoid that. I wouldn't know the first thing to how to do it or anything. But um, but look, I've spent a bit of time. Um, like what, whenever the weather's good, I like to get outside and either go go for a run or, or at least a, a walk. Um, that, that that gives you a bit of time. I've, I've been um, just listening, to, you know, catching up on radio, and you know, I, I like listening to a bit of talkback radio, and you know, with some of the sports stuff that, that's going on. Um, you know, just binging uh, TV shows and uh, you know, watching the odd movie, spending time with the with the kids and stuff, um, pretty mundane things, really. Um, the day-to-day things, I shouldn't say mundane, spending time with my kids. But just normal day-to-day stuff. Um, you know, I've been, um, we live near a golf course, so I've been, been every now and again, I go and hit a couple of balls because uh, my, my son's just getting into golf a little bit. Um so you know, try to play the odd round with him. But uh, other than that, really, just just spending time with the family and uh, you know trying to uh, keep out of everyone's way, really, because you know I think with this, with everything that's going on with the pandemic, um, you know, the, you know all the buzzwords that are out about social distancing and that, I'm, I'm mm. trying to adhere to all that sort of stuff as much as I possibly can. 
obviously fantastic to have the cricket back as well. Just have something on it, you know, one in the morning, uh, if, <laughs> if, if nothing else. But um, yeah, we obviously saw the uh, we obviously saw the great packages from Sky. Dizzy, um, you know, put together with Michael Holding and, and Ebony yeah. for Brent um, about their experiences with racism in the UK. I mean, we were sort of talking earlier, Pez and I, about you know it'd be great to see you know Fox and Channel Seven here in Australia like show a similar sort of leadership, I suppose, in terms of raising awareness and, and educating the people. I mean, how, how do you reflect on what Sky put together with, with, with uh, Michael and Ebony? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it was quite moved, really, mm. um, to watching. Um, you know, and it's, you know, it's something that, um, well, it, it, let's, let's face it, it, it's long overdue. It, it, it obviously has been an issue. A lot of people may, you know, a lot of people have different opinions on it, don't they? Mm. But, um you know, and, and look, you referenced that tweet uh, with Ronnie Hogg and, mm. um, you know, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, I think people by and large have been, you know, missing the point about, you know, what the message is out there. And, mm. um, you know, we saw the events in, in the US, um, you know, with, with George Floyd and, and you know, that, that terrible incident. And, and that's really been the catalyst, hasn't it, for... Um, you know, for me, I, I think you know, good discussion. I think that's what Michael Holding was saying. So let's let's just get get this discussion out and open and honest communication. And um, you know, for me, that that's the absolute key. And you know, people are talking about it, people are making stands. And you know, for me, I, I think it's it's wonderful. And you know, certainly what you said about you know, maybe the, the various networks here in Australia. Mm. Um, you know, ho- hopefully, you know that they can. Um, can, can do something very similar because, you know, look, let's face it, we've had and still continue to have our issues here in Australia. Uh, there's no doubt about that. We've seen with AFL football um, is, is one that's probably been given a lot of uh, airtime, um, the spotlight. Um, you know, it, it simply isn't good enough. It's as simple as that. And, you know, as a, as a society, uh, it need to be so, so much better. Mm. I think there's a lot of people who are uh, really surprised and, and some people were delighted with the, um, the forcefulness of the leadership that Sky showed yeah. in sort of unflinchingly, as we call it, at the top of the show, tackling an issue of race, speaking about it so clearly and openly, and, and you know, through a guy like Michael Holding, who's such an admired cricketer. Like, where would you say uh, Australian cricket is on these kinds of issues? You know, what do you think the capacity is of Australian cricket to raise it with as to raise these issues and to educate people with as much? Um, uh, what, what, what were the like openness and um, and power as the way Sky and I suppose English cricket has as well? Well, well cricket Australia have, have got the capacity to do it. Um, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I think you know they've been looking to move things in the right direction. Um, you know, an example would be and things that I've noticed. Um, you know, as a as an Indigenous person, is the the embracing of the. I don't know if you guys have seen over the last couple of years the, the Australian Indigenous team has had some um, some trips away and there was a great trip um, over to the UK. Actually, um, Sussex actually played against the Indigenous side, which was fantastic. And, but that was given a lot more airtime, um, you know, and, you know, which I think is really important. I, I think Cricket Australia, I think they put out something in the last few days, um, a Black Lives Matter um, tweet, I think, or an Instagram post. Um, so, you know, there's capacity for it to be there. And I've got no doubt that Cricket Australia, that, that you know, they'll be talking about the ways that, that they can do that coming up, you know, this summer. Um, ways they can acknowledge that the conversation um, needs to be had. Whether they do it to the level that Sky have done, um, you know, I know Cricket Australia probably have to get 
the various um, broadcasters on board, and I'd like to think that the broadcasters um, would be on board uh, because look, let's let's face it, it is a it is a, it is an issue. It's an important issue, and it's something that it is in Australia. Um, you know that that can be done a lot better. Mm. I remember um, quite recently, actually, I think it was Dan Christian um, wrote in the social media about uh, he was reflecting on his ODI debut and when he was in the in the presser before his first game. Um, he had like a full 20 minute press conference talking about, you know, how he'd grown up and great cricket and state cricket and, you know, how he got to this place. And he had one question about his indigenous heritage. And then the headline the next day was basically about, about his heritage and stuff. And he, he said in this post that he felt like the, the way that it was portrayed that it was, he was selected on the, on the basis of being an indigenous player, not, not because of through his, you know, professional sporting merit. And I was wondering, like, um, what if you ever like felt the same sort of pressure or scrutiny, Dizzy, when you were playing about you know your heritage or background or anything like that? I, I never, I never felt I was uh, well. Certainly not from you mentioned what Dan said about mm. felt he was selected for that reason. I, I never felt that. I mean, it you know it wasn't necessarily known um, that I had like publicly that I had an indigenous heritage until well after you know into my career. Right. Um, so, you know, there was no, I, I, I certainly never felt there was any, um, any thought that I, I was picked, you know, because of my indigenous heritage. I'd, mm. I'd like to think I was picked, you know, because I, I deserve my spot mm. in the side. Um, you know, look, and look, we, we all know the, the issues that South Africa have had and, you know, all transformation and, and things like that. Mm. Um, but look, certainly, you know, I can't speak to Dan, you know, that's how he felt. Sure. Um, you know, I, I think it was probably just a, a look. As I said, I can't speak to Dan, but I think that what he was trying to say is that he he'd spent all uh, you know a lot of this press conference talking about about a lot of things, but mm. you know the, the focus was purely on one small thing, yeah. which you know can happen in the media. Like you know, I, I, I know I've done interviews. You know, I remember I did an interview uh, when I was coach at Yorkshire years ago, and. I spoke to this journalist for an hour and I think the last minute or two I spoke about um, me being a vegan and, and not uh, not liking, you know, not liking dairy farms and things like that, not agreeing with the process of dairy farms. And yeah. the, the, the headline in the in the, this person's article was, was all about that and how I was disrespecting sponsors and, and, and the like. So yeah. in, a, in a different way, I can kind of understand where mm. where Dan's coming from from that perspective, I suppose. Okay, and you, uh, we'll probably headline our well, podcast. Well, that will be the headline. With, yeah, yeah. yeah, about that. Vegan, I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, <laughs> our main sponsor is Dairy Farmers as well. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> that's right. We have to delete this, actually. Uh, um, speaking of what people, a lot of people are focusing on, Dizzy, uh there's uh, you know all sorts of uh, theory, mainly from cricket nuffies, about how to make a ball move um, yeah. with uh, without saliva. Mm-hmm. At the use of saliva, mm-hmm. uh, obviously you're coaching at Sussex or coaching all around the world, and I'm sure you'd have your own theories about this as well. But uh, the yeah. new one that we're hearing is that uh, there's different types of sweat involved with different people. You might even have sweat-based selections. <laughs> uh, that's from Tim Hewitt on Twitter. Right. Um, what, what's going to be your favorite favorite way of making the ball move? I mean, is is it back sweat? You know, do, do you subscribe to the back? Sweat theory in that that's the worst kind of sweat. 
Well, I mean, I must admit, I, I, just before yeah. I just before yeah. I got on on the here with you guys now, I, I just went for a big long walk, and I can assure you, I've got a bit of back sweat right now. <laughs> uh, so I could I could I could certainly uh, shine a cricket ball up uh, well and truly right now. But um, oh look, where do you draw the line? I mean, gee, is it? It's going to be interesting. Like, you know, there could be some you know players of you know, sweat in different places. So that could, that could come up for some interesting um, shining techniques on the field. Um, but, you know, watching, I mean, watching the, the, the England and West Indian seamers uh, over the last few days, a uh, few nights, watching the test match, um, you know, it, it has been interesting to see them go. I mean, the, the, the main one is obviously the, the sweat off the brow. And, um, look, I, I don't know how much... Um, difference it makes. Like, is saliva better than sweat? I mean, I, I know as a player, if I was sweating quite a lot, I would very rarely, if ever, even use saliva. Um, because if, you, if, you, if you're sweating off your brow, I mean, that, it, you know, you shine the ball up well um, and present the seam, you know, it, it would invariably swing. But, you know, with the Kookaburra ball in Australian conditions, it never really swung for more than, you know, the first eight to ten overs anyway. Yeah. Um then you, your focus would be on trying to get the ball to to reverse swing. Um, so then, you know, and look, I mean, I don't know how many theories there are out there about reverse swing, but, um, you know, I certainly found the, the most effective time to get reverse swing was to, to shine the, the, the shiny side that you've been, you, uh, that you've been shining throughout, keep the rough side as rough as possible, let it, let it deteriorate. Um, but you, you were very much, um, you, you have to rely on conditions somewhat, and particularly squares. Um, mm. You know, and, and the, the the center square is basically a thing of the past in Australia now um, because of drop in pitches. So that's why I think it is is becoming harder to um, have reverse swing. I remember Adelaide Oval we used to have a, a lot of pitches, and there were some that were used pitches and whatnot, and the, the ball would be hit there from the batters or fielders throwing the ball in, it would naturally deteriorate the ball and it, it was a great place to get reverse swing. Um, so, yeah, I've kind of gone off topic here a little bit. But, um, um, but yeah, but look, I, I think the answer to your question in a way, um, you know, if the ball's going to swing, I think it does come down to the individual bowlers. We've, we've seen James, James Anderson swinging the ball pretty consistently throughout this test match because he's a he's a very good exponent of it. He presents the seam, um, you know, shining the ball with... Uh, you know, with sweat, uh, I don't know if they use back sweat, but um, you know, the, the, you can get the ball to swing. I, I, I don't think it's going to be as big an issue as, as people may think. What I love about your answer there, Dizzy, is that like you like to you kicked off the answer to the question by saying, "Oh, look, I'm not really sure I'm too big on any of the theories or anything like that," and then like 15 minutes later, you've given a proposal of every single different theory, and I, from different countries and different areas. I went off on a massive tangent. Then, well, I just want to know, like, for, no, don't apologise. Like, I uh, just want to. These are sorts of hard hitting interviews we do, but like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. just want to know where you like actually sit on the like the cricket nuffy spectrum now, like as an identity. Like, do you like to present as someone who's a bit above it? Or you know, two hundred plus test wickets, etc. You know, yeah. you just present the same. Or underneath, is there a little bit of a theories man in there? Yeah. Um, 
That's a really good question. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, is this where I say I'm really not sure how to answer and then I spend the next 15 minutes giving an answer? You kind of gave it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And here's here's why I'm not sure. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What was the question again? Yeah, I I love that we've spoken about Black Lives Matter, Rodney Hogg, and this is the one where you're going to say no comment. No, I think I think everyone, to an extent, has a bit of a theory on, on how things, uh, how the game should be played, or how things should be done. Um, but it's a, it's you know every, everyone, I suppose, has has an opinion and has a theory, don't they? Well, how, obviously, you've got a good relationship, Dizzy, with um, Jofra, uh, obviously coaching down at Sussex. How do you reckon he's going yeah. so far in his Test career? I mean, he didn't spend a lot of time swinging the ball in the second innings there. These West Indian compatriots yeah. um, just bouncing the fuck out of them, basically. Yeah. I mean, ha- bowling scary. Yeah, bowling scary. That yeah. was that was right arm scary. I mean, um, how do you sort of assess his start to his test career? Well, I think he's done really well. Um, you know, of course, it's early days, and he's going to have good days. He's going to have um, not so good days. And, and look, you got to remember, he hasn't played a lot of first class cricket. Uh, he's still mm. pretty, um, you know, very early days in his. Um, first class career, let alone international career. Um, so he's going to have some good days. He's going to have some. Well, he's going to be inconsistent, um, but he'll learn to in, improve that over time. There's no doubt. I mean, I mean, the, the package is there. He bowls fast. He mm. he bowls very tall at the crease. He, he's, he's very upright. Um, he's got that um, that brace front leg, and he bowls from very tall. Um, so he, that's where he gets that that steep bounce. Um, you know, and, and he presents a seam. He can swing the ball. Um, he can swing it both ways. Uh, I think this test he's, he's probably shown. He's just been looking to angle the ball into the right-handers and, and across the left-handers. Um, but look, he's got the skills. And, and the only way he's going to learn and develop and get better is by playing more. And, you know, I, I sense that England um, are going to play him a lot more. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether they, they pick him and Mark Wood in the same side um, mm. going forward. Um, because there was a lot of debate about whether Stuart Broad should have been left out and, yeah. uh, and the like. But um, I can see why they went. You know, it's exciting. You see two guys bowling north of 90 mile an hour. Yeah. Um, it's exciting. Um, but I, I think moving forward, I think England, that, that'll be, I think, their decision to make is, is can they have had the luxury of, of those two, you know, express bowlers in their side. I'm just really curious, Dizzy, before we finish up, about the kind of uh, – seems to be a, like an undercurrent of suggestion that sometimes Joffre's up for it, sometimes he's not. And it mm. occurs to me that, like, it's a little bit more complicated than that. You know, when you are an express fast bowler and you have to turn over, like, you know, you have to you have to turn up day after day, that managing your body and your energy and stuff is probably something you've got to think about. And Joffre's, you know, Joffre's 100% maximum effort is – nasty frightening scary and amazing um do you do you you know what's your view on the difference between his kind of his best and his worst and how should we be understanding that you know early on in his career i think you know i've seen a a little bit of um suggestion that you know sometimes maybe looks like he's he's not um like not putting in 100 percent effort or just cruising and you know and i don't necessarily buy that I, i think that that's a perception that that people have, and I, I think I think sometimes players of West Indian origin suffer that because if you think you think all the great West Indian cricketers, mm. um, you know that, that they have that carefree, laid back approach, mm. um, but they're some of the most um, dedicated and um, you know up for the contest 
cricketers you'll ever come across. But I think because they've got that laid-back kind of demeanour about them, uh, it doesn't mean they're not competitive. Um, you know, look, I, I remember playing a lot of cricket with and against Paul Rifle, and people would always say how he's a laid-back, sort of laconic type of, type of character. But tell you what, he was one of the most competitive cricketers that, that I ever played with and, or against. And you know, I, I, I see some similarities with Jofra and having coached him and got to know him a bit. You know, he's a very driven character. He's a very driven man. He he wants to succeed. Um, gee, I, I don't know. I, I, I know as a bowler, you know, I could I could hit 145k an hour. I could hit 90 mile an hour. But um, I found that no matter how hard I tried, um, there were just days where the ball wasn't quite coming out, and I, I couldn't. No matter how hard I tried, I couldn't reach those speeds. And there are other days where I felt, oh, okay, things are feeling okay. And I look up at the speed gun and I've, I've hit 145. And, um, you know, I think most bowlers would, would say the same. I know Brett Lee was like that. I, I remember some days he was steaming in and, and, you know, the speed gun would say he was by 140. Um, and other days he's just, just cruising in nicely. He's got good rhythm and, you know, he's nudging 150. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's pretty pretty harsh to judge, a you know, an express bowler. Um, you know, on on that because you know the you know some days you're just putting in all the effort and uh, you know you may not see that effort rewarded with, with the speed gun. I think that's really well explained, uh, Dizzy. Thanks for giving us more time than we requested of you uh, from down there in <laughs> South Australia, mate. Uh, nice to cover all that territory and then to make a final link between Joffrey Archer and Paul Rifle. Uh, didn't expect that. <laughs> right? There you go. <laughs> I aim to please. <laughs> Hugh Jarden, six for nine at Cockermouth. That's Ben Stokes' old club, isn't it? Cockermouth Cricket Club. Because, <laughs> 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 of course, none of this would be possible without our very good friends at Budgie Smuggler. Uh, we're talking Just custom None smugglers. of it would be possible. I mean, we could do it. Yeah, it, it's possible. But like, why? At this point. <laughs> you know, it's winter, it's cold. In here it is anyway. Capitalism. Exactly, it's capitalism. Anyway, custom smugglers. You got some ideas you were telling me about some custom smugglers. You've actually written some down. You wrote, you wrote ideas No, 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 these are all purely off the top of my head. Okay. I don't know what I'm about just to say. Just spare time yet. stuff? Yeah, I just off the top of my head. Okay. I think about custom smugglers, as I'm sure many of the audience do. But we yeah. have three budget smugglers. You can obviously design your, make your own design. If you want to. You don't have to take the designs that they uh, you know, push towards you. Yeah. Take matters into your own hands. Get out of my it's, face. It's, it's 2020. Let me do my own thing. You know? Yeah. 40, 50 years ago, a lot of the music out there was about, you know, the, the great you know, tradition of Motown and stuff was all about, you know, w- wanting a man, wanting a woman, wanting something bigger than you. You know, yeah. oh, I can't live without you now. Beyonce and stuff is all like, you know, I do this on my own. Yeah, you know, true. if you do like it, put a ring on it, etc. Yeah, if you do, take that's matters your into your own hand. Now, some people might say that's actually culture going wrong, but I, I yeah. am digressing. Here are the sorts of things in the news this week that I think could live on a budgie smile, like a custom smile, okay, if you stuff. will. Yeah, just you, okay. this is off the top of my head. Okay. Jason Holder's smile. Yeah, put okay, that on yeah, your budgie. Pretty good. Yeah, Joe Denley's biceps. <laughs> he had All a right. bruise on his bicep. You notice that? I didn't know. It was like a. It was his front arm, so his left arm. Okay, you've looked closely there. I look closely. You've zoomed it looked in. Good. Okay. Oh, that's high praise. <laughs> okay, praise Joe Denley's bicep. Okay, yeah. Joe Denley's biceps. Uh, Tim Payne's face following skin regime application. Of course. Trump in a mask. Yeah. An ugly game of AFL. What does that look like? Just 
heaps of players in a small area. Okay. Jeff Kennett versus Peter Vlandis. <laughs> yeah. Another Sydney v Melbourne thing. Yeah, okay. Um, or Hugh Jardin, six for nine at Cockermouth <laughs> for Cockermouth. <laughs> It's Ben Stokes' old club, wasn't it? <laughs> he bowled well that day, Hugh. He just pitched him up. You got to pitch him up in the UK. Shannon Gabriel hit the stumps. IGSmuggleUK.com. Pezza, new sponsor on board of the podcast. Wisdom. Wisdom Cricket Monthly Magazine. What does wisdom mean to you, Pezza? He goes, I mean, wisdom is dad. Wisdom is daddy. Wisdom's daddy. It's the Nothing confused with Dada. Whose birthday it was. That's right. Sarav Ganguly. Yeah. No, not to be confused with Sarav Ganguly, but yes. no, wisdom, Different just thing. that name, yeah. is, uh, it's, it's epic. It's, it's fatherly. It's godfatherly yeah. of cricket. And uh, it is amazing that there is now uh, a, a relationship yeah. between yeah. the great cricketer and wisdom. But we are extremely, we're extremely happy yeah. to be bringing the story of wisdom to this podcast and endorsing them because... Uh, Frankly, they're still putting out some incredible stuff. Yeah. Um, not just the epic collection every year that you get in that massive yellow yeah. uh, binder. Iconic. Yeah. But they also do a Cricket Monthly, the Wisdom Cricket Monthly, uh, and they're doing a digital version that we have permission now to um, let you guys know about. Um, if you go to bit.ly, you guys will know what that is, but bit.ly slash WCM grade, you're going to get six issues of Wisdom Cricket Monthly for just £9.99, or in Australian, that's fourteen ninety nine. a 100-page magazine every month for just £1.67, or in Australian, it's £2.50 yeah, $2. a month, um, compatible on all major advi- uh, devices. Yeah. So that's a digital subscription, yep. uh, independent voice of cricket, modern magazine, most famous names in cricket writing. Had a look at the last one. Uh, it is actually chock-a-block. Full of stuff, long form writing, short form writing, stats, whatever you name it. If, if cricket is what you want, this, this is what you get. This is what you get. Yeah. If that's what you want. It's amazing. It's an amazing deal. Pezzer, again, the URL to quote, what is it? Bit.ly slash WCM grade. Uh, the August issue is out on July 23. It's got an exclusive interview with Steve Smith. So if you're an Aussie and you actually like Steve Smith, you're going to love that. If you're an English person and just want the schadenfreude of some of the bad things that have happened to Steve Smith, you're mm. going to get that too. Couldn't think of one. Either way, uh, great time to give the magazine a go. And a great, I uh, just would extremely happy to be aligned, allied with the name Wisdom, the great cricketer. <laughs> normal stuff again. Really normal. All right, Pezza, hashtag STGC. Every time of the week, as I keep saying, every time. Thanks for all the lovely people who wrote in. Uh, lots of people saying nice to hear that the podcast come back through the earwaves. Through the earwaves. It's like airwaves, but through your ears, so it's kind of different. Um, I now write things for Trump. Um, <laughs> there's a, a couple of wonderful last TDCs here. Who's on the first one? Me or you? I'll do it. Connor Lamb writes in. He says, hey, boys, great to hear the cast again. This email comes bearing slightly sad news. After a long and taxing wait for several test results, I've recently been diagnosed with acute leukemia. Obviously, this hasn't been the easiest of times for me and my family, but my dad even uh, goes me to the doctor, takes me to the doctor. Drives. Drives drives me to the doctor, which is nice. He waits in the car. One of the first questions that came to mind upon hearing this news was whether or not this is good enough excuse to get out of training. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. If my time is to be cut... If my time at all is to be cut short in this life, I'm not sure I'd like to spend it not getting thrown the ball while fielding it square leg and being given out <laughs> to not quite getting down in the wet Irish grass to, to one. Nor do I want to open myself up to any leukemia-related sledges. 
getting ready for some broken fucking blood cells and that. Fuck. <laughs> oh my God. That's the darkest thing I've ever read. Or should I just go around again, considering I might be allowed to bat high up the order out of some sort of pity, a cancer-based selection as it were? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> all the best, Connor. Oh, mate. I like that he said all the best, looking out for us. Fucking hell, Connor. Connor. Uh, that's very tough news, brother. Uh, we appreciate the extra commitment to dark humour mm. uh, in those circumstances. It's a very good question that you ask. Obviously, it's one that we all ask. You know, should I go around again? Yeah. Um, and uh, it's got particular re- relevance to you with that news. Um, but but with that, like I, I'm reading what you've written here, and I'm thinking like with like with that in mind, like, I, I'm thinking from what you've written, you're the sort of person, um, or sort of if you're the sort of person prepared to dream up someone directing cancer themed sledges at you. Yeah. Even though you say you don't want those sledges, like then maybe there's no better time for you to be playing because your mindset feels ripe to me. <laughs> you know, like you're starting to talk. You're, get, you're getting into the groove mentally now yeah, yeah, with yeah. this news. Like you're saying, look, I can manipulate this situation to bat in my preferred position. Mm. And like that's exactly the attitude as we yes. know that produces peak performance. <laughs> as we know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my suspicion is that you should play because this is going to be the best season yet. Yeah, you know, your 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 mind is in the right place. You've got these sledges dreamed up, although they're at you. Mm-hmm. You're ready to manipulate people mm. to go up the order. Like, how mm. is that not synonymous with someone succeeding mm. wildly? Um, it's just, but but also, you know, from us, huge power to you, and you're in our thoughts. And uh, if you do decide to play, please give us updates. Yeah, please, kind of. That's uh, that'd be wonderful. Um, you know, like when you ha- you have like arguments in your head with people that don't even exist or like arguments oh, that yeah. don't take, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. In this scenario, Connor's kind of said like, I'm going to get sledged. There's going to be leukemia-related sledges. And you kind of think that's just fanciful. But it's yeah. like, hmm, cricket does happen. Like if, if anywhere in society that like someone could sledge you for cancer-related reasons, it would be coming from second slip with a bloke. Now in my now I'm making it up. He's got Oakley's on. He's got zinc. Not to tarnish Oakley the brand with people who sledge people with cancer, but you know, fuck man. I reckon it, I reckon that's even gone past my ceiling for that. If someone actually <laughs> did that, I reckon that's even gone out of my realm of cynicism. If, if you're playing on a in a team with someone who said that, you you'd have to come up publicly and distance yourself from those comments. Publicly, you? you'd yes. have to publicly yeah. do that. I yeah. distance myself from that comment. <laughs> yeah. But then the kind of guy who would say that, you'd be like, well, if he if you get to know him, he's, yeah. he's not. You'd love him on your team. Love him on your that side. That sort of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to get to know him. Yeah, really good bloke. Just competitive. Yeah. <laughs> Davis Verboon writes in. And thank Strong you again name. for that. It was a great post, Connor. Thank you very much. Uh, Davis Verboon writes in. Uh, dear Ask TGC, just a thought. Is a reverse triple C equally as commendable as a regular triple C? Okay. For example... Friday night circuit and chop into a Saturday century to back up and turn up after a Friday on the circuit seems somewhat significantly more difficult in this order and thus a greater achievement. Moreover, this beckons the scenario of a double triple C, so to speak, a circuit chop century circuit chop within the space of one weekend, or are we venturing into the realms of an outlandish imaginary scenario that for a grade cricket is not feasibly plausible? Thoughts? The answer to that question, Davis, is yes, that is not feasibly plausible. That is outlandish. Feasible would have done. Um, I think actually his initial comment of like sort of reverse engineering the Friday night circuit and in chop into a Saturday century is actually far more likely. Uh, well, so like in my days, like I 
Friday night's the best night of the week to go out. Back in the days when you could go out. Um, I think I spoke about this heaps in the past, but like, yeah, the amount of times I went out on a Friday massively trumped Saturday. I've coming home. If you, if you, if you have a long drive back home after yeah. a tough away game, yeah. cricket, whites, you're fielding. Yeah. You don't really want to go out and you probably don't really want to go out with your teammates. It might yep. be different if you're playing a home game, maybe a function, mm. but if you have a function, you're around other cricketers, you're not really meeting. People say, well, let's go back to the club sex. and you've sort of, have you tubbed? You might not have tubbed. You go back. You haven't done that well. You're it's, tired. It doesn't set it up for a great night. Whereas yeah. Friday. Usually on your P's, you can't say, have anything. Exactly. But on a Friday, you're ready to go from like 11 a.m. If you're working like in any job, corporate life, yeah. with your hands, whatever, anything. Friday, you're ready to go. And then by like by the time five o'clock comes around, you're ready to circuit hard. And then it gets to about 4 a.m. And you're like, hmm. Go play cricket tomorrow. So what I'm saying is that like the Friday chop into a Saturday century is far more likely than the triple C. Circuit chop centuries. Okay, I completely disagree. Um, well, you'd be wrong. And it's not technically reverse the way that uh, Davis Verbeen no, has not. written it anyway. No. So that's the first problem. Right. The official order, let's get this right. The official order is century, circuit, chop. Yes. That's how it was written. So the reverse would be chop circuit century now it could conceivably happen if you say had liaisons before heading out in the circuit probably with a partner an escort you know okay then <laughs> um then <laughs> then that doesn't count though. like yeah so so like let's you can't it. procure the chop well that's right you know but yeah like a chop circuit century is the official way to reverse a triple c yeah so liaison before heading out in the circuit and then turn up the next day i don't see it working because the triple C, the actual triple C is like the circuit of life. One act informs and flows into the other. You circuit after your century, and as a result of your century, you chop after your circuit. <laughs> the magic about? of each act is informed by the former act. That's my view. So all of the, this, this yeah. reverse engineering, this double triple C, like this is a sort of, like that's the beginning of the end stuff. That's the end of Western civilization stuff. No, there's no reverse triple C unless you do it in the precise order, in which case you probably have a partner also, and it's not as kind of, uh, it's not as magical. Any Chop King worthy salt is chopping on a Friday night and the, the hard bit becomes a century, which is actually probably most times for any cricketer. The and that's what I'll give, I'll give a quadruple C, chop, century, circuit, chop. <laughs> <laughs> the rhythm in which you said that. But I do think the thing you do beforehand feeds into the next thing. Yeah. Yeah, the chop you have the night before the century, they have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. If you if you get one, yeah, congratulations. If you do, yeah, and let's you know as long as it's respectful and all that. of that, yeah, yeah, that's fine. But that's got nothing to do with a hundred you score the next day. Whereas, yeah, you you circuit after the ton yeah, 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 because yeah. you've scored a ton, and yeah. then you chop after the circuit, which is a result of the century in the circuit you've just had. What about what about if you didn't sleep on the Friday? That still counts. Yeah, as long as you execute. Anonymous writes in. All right, lads, welcome back. I know you can see my name, but for the sake of this, let's call me Total Village Leg Spinner slash Chopper slash Chat Merchant, who despite peaking age 11, more on that later, continues to believe he can one day perform to a level that will pay back in pride the countless hours his dad put into his game through car rides, practices, and, and the like as a youngster. Not fucking likely. Anyway, what with this lockdown shit, obviously I've been smashing through the swipes on various apps and got chatting to this one to this one particular person. Realising I wouldn't be able to actually go out for drinks, yuck, for at least four to six weeks, I face the challenge of determining whether do I have enough chat to keep this interesting over Instagram DMs and a couple of video chats, probably not. And if so, is it even worth it? Obviously, a Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn search has given me some answers, but seeking more clarity, I drop a broad Google search. 
And what do I fucking see? A play cricket link. Doth mine eyes deceive me? <laughs> Shakespeare out of nowhere for a guy that calls himself the chat merchant. <laughs> throws in Shakespeare. <laughs> the preceding words before that was a play cricket link. This potential hinge sweetheart has, on record, played for a major county under-13 girls team 10 years ago. Obviously checked out the stats, 14 not out, and one for four from three overs. Decent. A start and economical. My mind darts. Reckon she still plays? Reckon she's any good with a sidearm? This could be huge. Then the sickening part. As mentioned, my peak was a similar county level, but at under-10s and 11s. This means this girl is officially a better cricketer than me and played to a higher level. How the fuck am I supposed to handle that as a fragile alpha who's crippled by a sense of not being anywhere near as good as he thinks he is, that if he played on the same team as his 10-year-old self, he'd get ripped for being so, so much of an inferior player? My question, therefore, is this. Do I keep the chat going? Accidentally find out she played a bit of cricket and post-lockdown look to form a healthy, functioning dating relationship with the hope that one day we might together finally worked through the technical flaws that saw me play saw me play on bold four times last season. Or <laughs> am I forced to cut ties immediately for the fear that I that if her superior cricketing stats status ever came to light, it would be the type of ego crippling and <laughs> what's that? Anagnorisis? Anagnorisis? Crippling an- anagnorisis from which very rarely do men recover. Thoughts. Cheers, love the show. Well, he stumped, he stumped me there with anagnorisis. He's looking up anagnorisis here. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a moment in a plot or story, specifically a tragedy, wherein the main character either recognises or identifies his or her true nature, recognises the other character's true identity, discovers the true nature of his situation or that of others, leading to the resolution of the story. When I first saw that, I thought Christ. it was a completely different word, but anagnorisis, I've never even seen that word before. Well, touche. It's a... It's a this this. Heaps going on there, Mate, Pez. this post is a real conundrum because just for the listeners out there, it's written um, in all lowercase with all sorts of bad grammar, but then you've just got Shakespeare references and yep. um, anagnorisis in there. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to get this straight. Uh, anonymous. Yep. You're, you're a fragile alpha in your own words. Doesn't make any sense. Who, after a couple of texts via a dating app with a woman, has started working through multiple hypothetical relationship scenarios after looking up their play cricket stats from when they were 13. Yep. Um, that's very concerning. Very concerning. It kind of reminds me of like Joaquin Phoenix's The Joker. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he starts ideating his like relationship with a woman in his apartment block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except yeah, swap yeah. the Joker for an English vi- village cricketer. Yeah. Possibly more dangerous. Yeah, that was frightening that bit. Uh, but to be honest, like based on this, I'd be very surprised if Anonymous was mentally and emotionally able to handle this scenario. Yeah. He goes like, um, but maybe it would be good for him if he was able to recognize this. Like, you know, but I'm, I'm just thinking, like, given he asked to be introduced as a total village leg spinner slash chopper slash chat merchant, yes, which is three completely different identities, yes, there may be an identity issue here. Like, maybe it's time to overcome the fragile alphadom, accept a healthy dating relationship with a former county cricketing woman, mm. and embrace that your soon-to-be girlfriend is just better at cricket than you. I think the answer here that it's already over before it begun. Yeah, I mean, it's a wonderful question. Don't get me wrong, but like, as soon as you start going real deep into the searches, you start buying, you start seeing yourself in this relationship. He's talking about sidearms, this sort of thing. It's already over, bro. All over the place. So it's all she's over. She's going to give me sidearms. You can't. Or is she better you can't than me? Look up someone on Facebook, LinkedIn, do a Google search, and then be like, "This is a completely normal thing to know all these right. things about you before I've ever met you." Then, like in conversations, you're just like, "Oh, 
you know, just one day they'd be walking down. You took, you took a three for it, didn't you? In uh, yeah. 2007. You wouldn't be able to help it. You wouldn't be able to help it. Just slip in. These guys have literally exchanged like three messages on Hinge mm. or something. She's and talking to like 15 other guys, dude. Yeah. yeah. And so are you. Yeah. So. Better, yeah. You, you've done three messages and you're literally all over a play cricket from 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's off my eyes deceive me. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> Well, I've learned a new word today, and uh, I've also learned that Anonymous is still single for the time being, but uh, hang in there. I mean, d- dating apps and, and quarantine, is, it, doesn't, it doesn't go hand in hand. Yeah. This is what happens. This is what happens. Well, you just get bored. Yeah. Swiping endlessly. He's talking before, he's like swiping endlessly. A couple of video chats, yeah, but what's it, what's it leading to? Where's the end game? Sidearms? I don't see it. How, what's happening with you with dating apps? Uh, I'm off them at the moment. Right. I saw you get a message before, but it was a Bitcoin update. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting junk. Or am I? Yeah. Well, slide into the DMs if you're out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Another that's great advertisement. Yeah, that's what's become. All right. Uh, Monty, brilliant. Dizzy, brilliant. Everyone else, thanks for your CDCs. Hang in there, Connor. We'll see you guys next week.